When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets world. Hello, class. Open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 5, Episode 16, Chapter Titled. Torn between two lovers, feeling like a fool. One more time. Torn between two lovers, feeling like a fool. I'm Alden. I'm Tanya. I'm the boy. I'm the girl. And we took another week off. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everybody. We're back. We're back. Don't worry. Everything's okay. In fact, everything's better than okay. Why did we have to take a week off, you ask, Tanya? Um, We've had a lot going on. Yeah, and what in particular is the most eventful thing that we have going on our microwave got broken and we had to get a new microwave and alden installed it it's above the range so it had to be installed i did do that and it did get broken not the new one the old one right but that's clearly that's obviously that obviously has nothing to do with us not um recording last week you're right i got my hair cut it's, That's true. It's like chin length. It's a lot shorter than you I got, expected. You got that done during this week. And while you may have come home and cried and... I didn't cry. And there's no way we would have been able to record that day. <laughs> uh, that's not what happened. <laughs> what did you do last Saturday and Sunday when we normally would be recording? Oh, well, when we normally would be recording, I was laying in bed watching young Sheldon because I was exhausted. From what? Goodness gracious, I am tired of this. <laughs> so I hope that everybody who doesn't know the answer is riveted. I was exhausted from my new job. Oh, you got a new job? I got a new job. Oh, that took a journey to get there. Yeah, so the Monday before, I was working at my old job, and then that Tuesday... I went in for uh, an interview, and then I started working at a different job. Yeah, like pretty much immediately. And and what would be perfect for perfect for Tanya? You ask. Parasailing instructor. Nope. Everybody knows that's not perfect for Tanya. Mm, uh, culinary chef extraordinaire. I. I we also watch Boy Meets World. <laughs> Tanya got a job at a plant nursery. A plant nursery. Working with plants. I'm working outside. It's wonderful. It's exhausting, but it is so wonderful. I am putting plants into the hands of strangers. It's wonderful. I'm in trees and shrubs, which is like totally not something I know much about. And everyone who works there went to college for horticulture and soil testing and stuff. Like they're, they know all of the latin words for every plant and i'm like oh yeah that's a tree so i have a lot to learn but it is magnificent good and that's that's why we had to take last week off because we were going to record when i got home from work and i was just dead to the world exhausted and angry was not I, I wasn't angry she, not angry like sh- testy I was like, hey, how's it going? You ready to record? And you're like, rah, rah, rah. And I, <laughs> I needed like, a okay, drink coffee. Not, not doing this. 
Um, and we have a guinea pig in our room now. So not for long. I think we told you guys that we were getting another guinea pig for Aubrey's current guinea pig to be friends with but we have to have him like in a quarantine period and you know we're really good at that being uh good at quarantine ourselves so we you know took it upon ourselves to make sure that Arlo the guinea pig was safe and that he wouldn't be introducing diseases to George the guinea pig yeah but uh Tanya's right we also picked up a new show that we watched the entirety of and it's already over for us um, but we started watching Young Sheldon, which let me interject real quick. Interject I, to your own self. Yeah, yeah. Interject <laughs> to me who just said we started watching Young Sheldon. Uh, the real me inside is going, oh, but I hate Big Bang Theory. Like, I literally cannot stand Big Bang Theory. Um, and if you like it, that's fine. Like, whatever. I've never made fun of Tanya for liking it, but... I hate it. Like, I can't enjoy it at all. So no way in the world did I ever think I would watch Young Sheldon. So I started watching it, and I watched, like, the first six episodes by myself. And that evening, I was still watching it, and Alden was playing a game. And it turned out he ended up loving Young Sheldon, and we watched all of the available episodes (laughs) very quickly. Yeah, it's, it's such a smart show. And, like, I don't mean that because... Big Bang Theory is a show about smart people mm-hmm. and they're making supposed smart jokes. Mm-hmm. But really, it's just uh, it's like stereotypical smart people stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Young Sheldon is a show where they're they're really doing a good job at portraying this weird kid who's um, having a hard time dealing with life and his uh, his intelligence and like how much he dislikes other people but having to learn how to adapt and more importantly how his family has adapted around him Mm -hmm. and the support that like his parents have for all all three of the kids in the family is incredible and the the lessons that the parents learn from their children is incredible like so many times i'm like i don't think there were actually parents like them in the 90s because they were just so good. Yeah, so I would recommend that show to literally anybody because Tanya loves Big Bang Theory. I hate Big Bang Theory. And we both love Young Sheldon. Yeah. So I guess it fits with everybody. There's stuff that's happened where Tanya's like, oh, that's a reference to later. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. But like I kept going, oh, when they would reference something. And he's just like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, but that's not the only thing we watched. We watched what? Boy Meets World, Season 5, Episode 16, Chapter Titled. Torn Between Two Lovers, Feeling Like a Fool. Oh, why did it take you so long to say that? Uh, for some reason, my brain was on Young Sheldon, so... Oh, no, I was making a joke about how the episode title is super long. Oh, yeah. So I did look up the episode title because it was very obvious, because Feeling Like a Fool is in parentheses, so it seemed very obvious that this came from, like, a specific song. It is a Peter, Paul, and Mary song called Torn Between Two Lovers, and the whole chorus is torn between two lovers feeling like a fool. Oh. Okay. How's it go? I don't know the musical aspect of it. You didn't listen to it to prep for this episode? No, I looked up the lyrics right before you walked in here. You looked up the lyrics like as we were sitting here and I was looking up show notes. Mm-hmm. So. Well, um, 
This episode was directed by uh, Jeff McCracken. Blast from the past. He did season three or season mm. four? It was so long ago. <laughs> Everything was so long ago. Um, and it was written by Matthew Nelson, another guy who's been with us for a while. You used to call him Matty Nels. Matty Nels. Good old Matty Nels. He hasn't been around a lot lately, so I haven't been calling him Matty Nels. You know, when you're, you you got a nickname for somebody and then you don't see him for a couple years. And, and it's then you're like, like, I can't call yeah. them that. It has to be more formal. Yeah. Um, Matthew Nelson. Mm-hmm has written this episode. Okay. Um, but where does, where does, maybe because Maddie Nels is coming back, he wants to bring back the classroom. So can you tell me, Tanya? I can't tell you anything right now because you completely forgot an entire part of our podcast. Blurred me up? Oh, okay. Oh, now I remember. Blurred me up. <laughs> the blurb for season five, episode 16, Torn Between Two Lovers, Feeling Like a Fool, is Corey must choose between two girls. Yep. I can't believe you would skip that I can't that important blurb. Believe I almost skipped the thing that reiterates the title of the episode. How could you? Um Anyway, you were saying I don't know. You threw me off. It's all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I threw you off. You forgot a part of our podcast. All right, classroom or not? We're not in the classroom, we're in the hallway. Yeah. Sean and Corey are talking and Sean is asking Corey, you know, like, what is going on with you and Topanga? And Corey is saying that, you know, he knows that he wants to be with Topanga. Topanga is going to come around. Everything is going to be fine. Um, He doesn't understand why Sean is making such a big deal out of everything. And Sean, again, so we we don't see Angela in this episode. Mm -hmm. And Sean, again, is like... You know, one day I'm going to stop dating all willy-nilly and I might want something like what you and Topanga have. Right. You might. And this shit doesn't make sense because normally we try to write it off as like, well, they must have written this episode, blah, blah, blah. Like this was written before and they were trying to record it before. Maybe it was recorded before. And this is part two of an episode that clearly featured Angela. Right. I mean, it's kind of part three because yeah, yeah, we had true. the we had the Valentine's episode where they decided that they were going to be friends, but they really want to spend time together. Like they're basically still cultivating a relationship. Right. So then he's like, one day I might want a relationship like you and Topanga. Uh, Sean, you have made it very clear for mm, probably six episodes out of every season that we have had so far. That you do want something like Topanga and Corey. Not you might want it one day, but you do want it. But, so he, he gets out to Corey and Corey's just like, I didn't even do anything. So everything's going to be fine, of course. I didn't do anything. Um, Good point, Corey. And... Are you still post-work, Snippy? Is that... <laughs> no. It's a good point. He didn't do anything. Um, And Sean is like... Corey, you got the most passionate lever- letter I've ever seen that didn't start with the words, Dear Sean, which is funny. But again, he's saying, this is what you did. You got a passionate letter. Right. What You didn't write it. You didn't reply to it. Yeah, it's you really- You got it. It's really strange because a lot of shows are very misogynistic and everything is always the girl's fault and everything like that. This show is different, which is good, 
But it is odd to constantly, constantly see Corey get blamed for things that he really didn't have control over. Like, he had control over whether he talked to Lauren all night. Mm -hmm. But there wasn't anything wrong with that. He didn't have control over the fact that Lauren leaned in and kissed him. Like, he didn't see that coming. So, he didn't have control over that. He did have control over whether he lied, but that's not what they're talking about here. Right. So Sean says, like, do you know, you know, it's been raining for days. Do you know why? And Corey's like, barometric pressure? And he says, no, it's because God is sad that the, he made the most perfect relationship to be an example for everyone else. And that perfect relationship is no more. And uh, he says something to Corey about how, like, you, you wouldn't want to be with anybody else, right? And Corey says, no, a guy couldn't do better than Topanga Lawrence. Well, I think Sean says really? a guy couldn't do better than Topanga Lawrence and then tells him, hey, meet me at Chubby's later. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we see Sean talking to Topanga. Right. And it seems like he's kind of getting through to her. I mean, she says, like, I've read the letter and he did lie to me and I... Like, I'm having a really hard time with that. And Sean's like, a girl could do no better than Corey Matthews. Like, you have the best one. And talks about how the two most important people in his life are Corey and Topanga. And Topanga's like, well, who's first? Two, the two best people. Right. And um, and uh, Sean says, like, well, Corey, obviously... And um, it comes down to Sean saying that the person that, you know, loves Topanga the most is Corey. And then he tells her to be at Chubby's that evening. And he says, like, look, nothing happened. Let Corey tell you that some girl is crazy about him. Again, like, that's true, Sean. Right. So, yeah, he, he tells her to meet him at Chubby's. And then we cut to Chubby's. Yeah, we're at Chubby's. Uh, Corey and Sean are sitting there, and Sean, am I right? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, you made it look like I was wrong. <laughs> so, um, Sean is sitting there, and he's like, you know, she's gonna show up, and Corey's like, I can't believe how nervous I am. It feels like a first date, and he's like, I wonder what she's gonna be wearing, and then in walks Lauren. Well, you hear from behind him. You hear, Hey, Corey, and he turns around, and he's like. <gasps> She wore a Lauren costume. <laughs> and starts laughing hysterically. And he, she's just like, uh, Corey, what's what's wrong? It's me. And uh, Corey says, like, you, you can't be here. Like, why are you here? And she says, well, I took a bus four hours to get here. Again, not his problem. Right. She didn't say, I'm going to be there. Right. So also, how did he know? How did she know to be at Chubby's? I don't know. How does she know anywhere? How does she know to be at Chubby's? How does she know to be at his house later? I was wondering that. We or just where his house there. was. Yeah. Like, how does she know where all of these places are? Oh, I'm a little concerned, she actually. She might be a stalker. Yeah, now I'm a little concerned. She sat and talked to him for one night, mm-hmm. kissed him, mm-hmm. and wrote him a letter, and then shows up four hours away. Yeah. Just out of the blue. Yeah. Um... Which we, I mean, we find she, they make her out to be like a, you know, um, 
like fly by the seat of your pants kind of person. She doesn't think through her decisions. She just does them. Mm -hmm. Um, But this one's a bit much for uh, how old are they now? 17? Yeah. 16 or 17. Yeah. Um, So Corey is just like, you have to go. Topanga is going to be here soon. Um, And Sean is like over his shoulder being like, you have to leave. He's like Mm -hmm. being really mean. And she doesn't. No, she's saying like, I need to know about what we had. Like what we had was so important to me. I want to know that it's more than just the fire and the the camp and the light and whatever. I don't know. And she starts basically like trying to seduce him with her words. And he says... Look, you have to go. Topanga's on her way, and I do not want her to see us together. And then Topanga comes in, and she's like, you can't always get what you want. And then she looks at Sean and says, strike three. Because earlier she mm-hmm. said that Corey had two strikes. Right. And um, basically she says, um, she came all this way to see you, Corey. You should go... You should go talk to her. And she says, like, she can't be with someone who isn't 100% sure. So he needs to make sure that he is 100% sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's permission. And then she walks out. It's not permission. It's a command. And then she walks out. And then, uh, I don't know. You don't know? No. Oh, um, and then Sean says something like, the world as we know it has ended. <laughs> Sean is being very dramatic about this. Um, have you ever had friends who you were, like, so pressed on whether or not they were in a relationship? When I was really young, like, probably, like, 12 and 13, it was, I wanted my, like, so my best friend at 13 was dating one guy, and he had a friend and they were like, well, you should be Tanya's boyfriend. I mean, we were like really young. It, we didn't do anything or go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were like, well, this kid should be Tanya's boyfriend so that like we can all be like best friends together. And we like talked on the phone a few times. And I remember telling my friend, like, I, I don't think I like him. I like this other guy that I actually have like gone out with. And I've been his girlfriend a few times. Like, I still like him. And they would get on, like, the three-way phone calls with me, like, trying to convince me to be this person's girlfriend for, like, hours. And then they would have him on there and I wouldn't know. It was ridiculous. Sounds ridiculous. It was. But, yeah, that was my experience. How about you? I don't think so. I mean, I've been in the middle of a lot of friends' breakups because I always end up being friends with lots of people mm-hmm. and i'm and i'm somebody that people like to talk to for some reason because i'm kind of an asshole but that's true they love people love to talk to me and tell me what's going on i think part of it is because i'll, I'll tell you the truth no matter what you also listen like you don't uh, right. just you don't just sit and spout your opinion you like you truly sincerely right. listen when people are talking to you i listen and then offer my input based on what they've told me and it's not always what people want to hear and for better or for worse but sometimes it is but um Anyway, so there have been a lot of breakups where I've been in between, where the girl has come to me and talked to me about the guy who's also coming to me and talking about the girl. And, like, I've never wanted to be in the middle. Right. <laughs> I've been in the middle so many times because I I don't want to be in the middle, but I do want to be there for my friend and my other friend. Right. Which sucks. 
And you, you, you've been in that situation too, where you're in the middle and you don't want to be. Yeah, I guess like as an adult, and I feel like as an adult, it's way harder than mm. as like a teenager. As an adult, I've I've had to do that with marriages, like mm-hmm. where I was struggling with my own stuff, like a lot of my own stuff. But then I would be driving home from work with my friend's husband on the phone with me the whole way home for yeah. a half an hour and sitting in my driveway for a half an hour talking to him get off the phone with him and realize I had 25 text messages from his wife. And literally for a year, my friend was like, oh, you've been holding our marriage together. I couldn't hold my own marriage together. Mm. Like, it was crazy. Tell me about it. Not our marriage. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was confused. (laughs) But you know what I mean. Like, Yeah, no, I get it. So, I mean, no one wants to be that way. And I don't think Sean necessarily wants to be in the middle either. But his constants... The things that have kind of grounded him, as trivial as they may seem to us, are the things that give him security. So if Corey and Topanga are spiraling out of control, then he is also spiraling out of control because his grounding method is not secure anymore. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense to me why he is acting like that. Because if Corey is upset and can't be consoled, then where does that leave Sean? Like, he doesn't know what to do to help Corey. Right. Hmm. So. Good point. Um, So anyway, now we go to the backyard. Yes. Uh, Eric's in the backyard. Mr. Feeney comes out. He's like, Eric, I'm so glad to see you. I have a favor to ask you. Why was Eric in the backyard? Eric doesn't live there anymore. Um, I was wondering that myself, but I don't think it's abnormal for college students to come home to like do laundry or whatever. And like Eric is the kind who has trouble doing his own laundry. We know that. Like we've seen him in the laundry room. We've seen what happened to his clothes. Amy is the kind of mom who's like, you need to do your own laundry. But I also, neither of us can afford you to have to get a bunch of new clothes. So let me just do this load of laundry for you. So Mm. she was doing his load of laundry and he was in the backyard repaying them by like weeding a flower bed or doing something like that. He didn't seem to be. He was just kind of hanging out. Maybe he finished. Mr. Feeney was looking for him though. Mr. Feeney comes over to him and he's like, Eric, look, I'm so glad I found you. I need you so badly. I need you for something. And Eric is like, just leave me the keys. I'll take care of the plants. Um, He's like, I'll get your car washed, whatever, whatever you need me to do. And Mr. Fiend's like, you think I would let you into my house? He says, no, I need you to be a proctor. And Eric goes, ah, Proctor Matthews. (laughs) And Mr. Feeney goes, do you even know what that is? And Eric goes, yeah. It's a tushy doctor. Oh, no, I'm not going to be that, Mr. Feeney. (laughs) So Mr. Feeney is um, leading a class in getting them ready for their citizenship. So Mm -hmm. he's leading a class of immigrants so that they can get their citizenship. He needs there's, you know, some kind of time imbalance in his schedule and he needs Eric to only nothing else makes this very clear. Nothing else. Zero other things hand them their tests, hand them their pencils, and then when they're finished, take the tests and take the pencils. It's a practice test. It is not their actual test. It is a practice test so that they can prepare for their actual test. Yep. So, of course, this is going to go great. It will. So, we go to... Where do we go? Oh, we go to the kitchen. We go to the kitchen... Um. 
Corey and Sean are talking about the Topanga Lawrence situation. Corey is saying that like he Topanga told him to do this, so he's going to do it. And Sean is like, no, that's not what she was saying. I speak woman. Like, and Corey's like, you do? And he's like, well, you know, not fluently. I just speak it a little bit. And she, she, you are not supposed to go hang out with Lauren. And Corey's like, but she said I should go hang out with Lauren. And Alan and Amy walk in and they start asking questions. And they're like, oh, Lauren, the girl you met at the, the ski trip. So he's been very open about the situation with his parents. Right. And he's like, mom, please tell me I can't go see her. And Amy's like... No, I mean, we nobody loves Topanga more than we do, but... That's true. That is Amy true. Amy loves Topanga. That's true. Um, nobody loves Topanga more than we do, but if you like this girl, go see her. We want you to be happy. And Alan's like, you know, back when I was a teenager and I was dating your mom, she gave me permission to see this other girl. Teresa. Teresa Ulrich. And... Um, you know, I went and saw her and, you know, that's why I realized, like, I'm so in love with your mom and that's why we're here today. And he was like, I never told you you could date someone else. If if I had or if I had known that you had, we wouldn't be here today. And he starts laughing and he's nervously and he's like, I'm, I must be making up mixing up stories. And like grabs a peach and like shoves it into his mouth. Can of peaches and puts it in the cabinet. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I was just listening and uh-huh. writing notes. I thought it sounded like he chomped on something. Um, chomp, chomp. So um, then there's a knock at the back door, and it is Lauren at the back door. And no one's surprised that Lauren is at the back door. But she just knows where he lives. She knows the where he lives. The only two people who would have told her where he lives are in the kitchen right now. Yeah. And they're surprised to see her. They're surprised to see her. Uh, she she knew he was going to be at Chubby's earlier, and now she just knows he's at home in his kitchen at the back door. She's She knows to use the back door. She knows door. to use the back door. She didn't knock on the front door. She didn't ring the doorbell. Um, so it's not like she just got his address. She also knows, oh, go to the kitchen door. Right. She has, like, a nanny cam somewhere in Corey's, like, luggage. She... She didn't put the letter in secure enough because she was worried about putting a camera in his backpack. I wonder, what if she like she walked by Eric and Mr. Feeney having that conversation? She's just like, hey, Eric. Hey, Mr. Feeney. And they just, you know, Eric being Eric is like, oh, hi. And she walks by and. Because she knows everyone in the Wait, town. Wait, I guess she does. She knows Mr. Feeney because of the yes. ski trip. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't know Eric. I mean, she knows of Eric because they talked all night. Yeah. Like, she knows about the parachuting story. But mm-hmm. she hasn't seen him. So anyway. Except she, in the nanny cam. Except in the nanny cam. She shows up at the back door and... Um, Corey's just like, Lauren, you're here. And Sean is perturbed. And she comes in and she goes to meet Amy and Alan. She's like, hi, I'm Lauren, and goes to shake their hands. And Amy's like, oh, Lauren, it's so nice to meet you. We've heard so much about you. And Alan goes, oh, hi, Teresa. It's so nice to meet you. And Amy, like, punches him. And he's like, oh, hi, Lauren. It's so nice to meet you. And then he 
nervously puts more food away. Well, he goes, oh, you know, I'm really feeling in the mood for some peaches and goes and gets them out of the cabinet. Our neighborhood is motorcycle central tonight. That's because it was nice outside today. That's true. Anyway. um, Yeah. So um, she's like, look, Corey, because he's like, I don't know if I should be doing this, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And which, by the way, is what I always say, whatever, blah, 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 means I forgot what happens right here. But um that's whenever i say blah 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 it's because it's too long-winded and i don't feel like going over it well now you know the differences between me and tanya there's only one um and she's like look um or sean gets mad at her sean's like you need to get out of here and she's like listen i would never hurt your friend and she goes over to like talk to the matthews or something and Corey's like what okay you speak woman. Like, what did she mean? And Sean, like, looks confused. And he's like, she means that she wouldn't hurt my friend. So she leaves. and with Corey. with Corey. And then Amy is like, I like her. And then Alan is like, I like her too. And then Sean goes, I like her too. Yep. Because she's great. Except that she's kind of a stalker. She's very much a stalker. Um, like otherwise she's fantastic but her stalking tendencies actually did put me off a little bit it is a little weird i have to just say she really likes him so that is not an excuse (laughs) so where do we go now the park it's like a park right yeah it's like a park it's something they're sitting on boulders there's like a a, there's a, a walk path a walkway and a giant rock um boulder i guess as tanya said um, and they're just cute sitting in the sun. It's sunny, by the way. It's sunny. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting and having a picnic. Talking about the very distant future, like about having what kids. kind of house she wants. She's like, I just want like a little house, a cabin. A cottage. Oh, a cottage. Cottage. And he's like, you mean you don't want like a big brick house with walk-in closets? Which So I does, does Topanga want a big brick house know, with walk-in weird. closets? It seemed to be implied, but yeah. it didn't make sense. She And she's like, no, I would never want something like that. Who would? And then he's like, uh, nobody, that's who. And she's like, yeah, just a simple little wooden house. So if there's a point where Topanga mentioned that she wants all that, can someone tell us? Because... I don't remember that ever happening. I feel like we like vaguely talked about like her wanting something maybe in one of those like flashback time warp episodes. I feel like maybe, but it wasn't like I want a giant house with walk-in closets. I don't think that was ever a thing. And I'm pretty sure that Topanga, it like at least up until this moment, whenever they've talked about their future, it's always been like, uh, I don't care what it's like as long as I'm with you. Right. So, I don't... what if it's Corey who wants the high rise with the oh yeah Corey walk-in closet? Corey wants a walk-in closet for sure. Um, but they start talking about kids. Then mm-hmm. she's and... like, "Yeah, just like a couple kids. Do you want kids?" And he goes, "Well, Topanga always says, oops, sorry." And she's like, "No, she's a big part of your life. You can talk about her." Thank you, Lauren, for acknowledging that when you're trying to steal him from her and you ride a bus for four hours and stalk the shit out of him. Oh, you know what? You're right. Like, she is really important to you. <laughs> she She's important to you. You can talk about her, but 
we're married now. We're having kids, <laughs> and this is the house we're living in. I, I already bought the cottage. That's mm-hmm. why I'm so adamant. That's what I want. It's Nin- all I could afford. Nineteen cameras in this <laughs> cottage. This is a small house with with just a couple rooms, but nineteen cameras. And they're all in teddy bears. <laughs> they're just like sitting all over the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, it starts pouring out of nowhere, like. It's sunny, and now it's pouring. And Corey is panicking. He's like, I don't like the rain. And she's like, I love the rain. And I thought she was going to say something like, we only get snow in the mountains or something like that. But no, she just really loves the rain. She really loves the rain. And she's, she's like, like, arms wide open, got stabbed, just spinning around in the rain. Yeah. Uh, and we're, I guess we're supposed to see, like, she's just, like, impulsive and a free spirit because she loves to stand in the rain. And he's like, ah, it's fine. I like the rain, too. But Does anything scream? pre-cell phones more than I want to stand in the rain? No. Nothing screams as much. That or like walking through misters at like any theme park or zoo because you have phones in your pocket. Oh, I thought like... (laughs) I thought you meant like misters, like a bunch of dudes, like a bunch of men. Oh, that too. I guess you do need a phone for that. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, but you do. I definitely do. And I have to keep it close to me because I don't want them to grab it and try to put their number in it because that happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like if they had had cell phones, they would have been ruined in yeah. two seconds. But not Lauren because she's got a mountain cell phone. It's used to the <laughs> it's used to the elements. Um, so she's all happy about it and he wants shelter. So she like shoves his head in her jacket and continues enjoying the rain while his head is in her jacket. It was an odd moment. It was very odd. And he's very excited about being in her jacket as a teenage boy would. Right. Um, anyway, I've lost my place on my notes. Oh, well, I can fill it in. So they... He comes out of her jacket and um, it's like, you know, I do like the rain now, too. And um, she's like, really? You really like the rain? And takes a water bottle. In the middle of the rain. In the middle of the rain. Takes a water bottle and starts like squirting water at him from the water bottle. And he's like, oh, yeah, you like that, too? And like picks his own up and starts squirting it at her. And... um. I guess the rain calms down a little bit and they sit down on a rock, the same boulder. And she's like, you look worried. That's very intuitive, Lauren. He's been a mess since the moment you got there. And you're just now like, oh, you look worried. He's like, oh, I don't. I I am. And she's like, but aren't you having fun? And he's like, yeah, that's what I'm worried about. (sighs) Twist. Now we go back to the, or we go to the apartment now. Mm-hmm. We go to the apartment, uh, Sean, Eric, and Jack's apartment. We don't see Jack at all this episode. No. Um, and Sean is watching TV on the couch. Knock, knock, knock at the door. There's a soaking wet Corey there. Yep. And Sean's like, you're all wet. What happened? And Corey's just like, I, I hung out with Lauren. I really like her. Had a good time. There's a problem. I had a good time with a girl that isn't Topanga. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sean is like, listen, that we've had, I've had enough of this. We're deciding this scientifically and runs over to the counter and grabs a, a bag. Paper bag of jelly beans. Yeah. And a, and a, and a scale. Everything seems so weird. 
like during covid because like you can't buy candy in bulk like that anymore like nothing is loose everything is packaged um i mean some stuff is loose get it Mm, wink you're loose yeah (laughs) goodness uh but they also have a scale and not like oh i think he's selling drugs scale like they have a scale that balances based on what how much is put in it. Okay, but like, did people have other scales to like weigh out their meat and stuff then? Because like maybe Jack and Eric weigh out their food because they're like into fitness. That wasn't the kind of scale it is. It might have been in 1998. It wasn't. It was not. No, they had scales that had numbers on them. Oh. They had, they didn't. They had a balancing scale. Mm-hmm. What do you weigh on those? Nothing. You just try to see how... They exist. Yeah, but you use it to see what weighs more. Uh-huh. So you can, like, divvy out even amounts of stuff. So that's what they were doing. Sure. There's but... three guys that live in that. Exactly. Which makes the... So the... they need a tri-scale. <laughs> yeah, they need a tri-scale. The, the, they still can't get it with what they have. Somebody who has a major in scale technology, please let us know what the purpose of these scales are. Thank you. Yes, please. Uh, anyway, so they're they're going through a list of things that, um, whether Corey likes this about Lauren or this about Topanga, and they talk about... Um, who makes... So Sean's first question is, who makes you laugh? And Corey's like, well, Topanga makes me laugh. Uh, since when? Right. But... Topanga makes me laugh all the time. And Sean's like, okay, and puts a jelly bean on Topanga's side. And, and he's then... like, Lauren's really funny, too. She's a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so Sean's like, stalker, check. Let's put a jelly that's bean not, on her side. That's not what really happens. But... Um, and then it's, you know, honesty. Honesty is the most important thing. So who do you feel like is the most honest with you? And Corey's like, well, Topanga's been honest with me from the very beginning. First of all, she does nothing but play mind games with him. And that is dishonest. Ooh, get her. Like the fact that she said, go see Lauren, whatever. That Mm -hmm. is a mind game. And that is dishonest. So no, he hasn't. She hasn't been honest with him from the very beginning. So she shouldn't have gotten a jelly bean. Mm -hmm. Lauren has been overly honest with Corey from right. the very beginning she should get the jelly bean right so lauren would have gotten that one and topanga wouldn't have but anyway he says they're both honest and they both get a jelly bean and, and then they, they sean is like well all right well who can you see yourself <laughs> so he basically asks who Corey can see himself having sex with and he basically says both of them mm-hmm and so then they both get like multiple jelly beans. <laughs> I guess that's and it's a tie. Yeah. So I guess that's worth a handful of jelly beans. But honesty is not. Honesty doesn't. <laughs> honesty doesn't even actually matter because Corey lied about the honesty in the first place. Um. Anyway, so they they they've got an even scale at that point. Mm-hmm. It's um, a tie. It's a tie. Corey says something, by the way, where he's like, yeah, there's nothing like being inside Lauren's jacket. And Sean is like, what? And he goes, oh, never mind. Keep going. Um, so then Sean says, well, it's a tie. Like, 
you can't live without either of them. Like you like both of them a lot and you can't live without either of them. And Corey like has a light bulb moment and he's just like, I know what I have to do now. Thank you. This worked. And Sean's like, um, how? And he's like, I can live without Lauren. I cannot live without Topanga. And then a teddy bear went, no, you can't live without me. <laughs> um, so now we go back to the classroom where uh, Eric is. Well, no, we go to the classroom for the mm-hmm. first time, right? Yep. Classroom We're, or not, Alden. Classroom. Yay. The best where, classroom ever. Where Eric is teaching. Well, Eric is supposed to be passing out pencils and tests. Yeah. And he does pass out the test. And then what does he do? He stands in the front. He's like, all right, everybody, hold up your papers. And everybody does it. And he's like, all right, now do what I do. And he rips his test in half. And so then they all rip their test in half, but they're all bewildered by this action. He's like, all right, throw them away. We're not having a practice test today. And they're like, wait, we want to become citizens of the United States. And he's like, what? This happened a while ago. Yeah, it did. We didn't talk about that. I don't, so we can go from talking about the before time and this time. It breaks my head. The B plot of this episode is the best B plot I have ever seen. And I like that we're talking about both scenes at the same time. Okay. Well then go for it. Um, so, you know, Eric says like, um, this test, it, I'm the teacher. I'm really excited to be the teacher. And we're not doing this test today. I'm the cool teacher. And he, they're like, well, we need to do this. Like, this depends on it. And at this point, I'm like, oh, my God, this is so bad. Like, this shows Eric's privilege that he doesn't understand, you know, the plight of these immigrants and the fact that this is so important well, to and them. He literally says, I'm the smartest guy in the room. Yeah, it was really messed up. And one of the guys goes, I am a nuclear physicist in my country. And Eric is like, well, it's a clean slate here. Um, but so I think this happened a few seasons or two seasons ago or so where Eric had befriended the guy that he was working with who yeah. was going back to school, even though he had like this crazy, um, you know, I guess like super intelligent job back in his country but he was it was something he was passionate about so he's gonna go back to school for it in the united states so this is the second time eric has encountered this i'm very surprised that in the moment he was able to say something like i'm the smartest guy in the room Mm -hmm. but he starts to explain like um that he has a different style of doing things and he pulls out a deck of cards and he goes to the guy who said that he was a nuclear physicist and he's like, pick a card, any card. And at this point we're just like, Oh, what is he doing right now? So then the next scene that this happens in where they're in that classroom, he is having them pick cards. The same guy picks a card and it is a, an ace. ace. Yes. Um, and so Eric goes, all right, pop culture is your category, and go. And, and what he, does he say? He goes, ah, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. It was the breakout role for Jim Carrey, to, who became a, a movie star after it. And as he's talking about that, Mr. Feeney walks in, and he's like, I said, pass out the pencils. That is it. And Eric was like, hey. 
I am the teacher now, and this is how I'm doing things. And so he walks over. Well, to and he the... says, I understood your test, Mr. Feeney, and I, I passed your test. You wanted me to see what it was like to teach a class. And Mr. Feeney's like, no, no, I would never, ever expect that from you. And um, so he's like, just watch this. And he walks over to a girl at the back of the class. Her name is Min. And I remember that because Min was my favorite girl on Barney. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid. Um, so he goes over to Min and she pulls a king. And Mr. Feeney is like, oh, you know, it's probably going to be King Kong. And he says, like, Donkey King Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, and Eric's like, mm, I appreciate your answers, except for the Donkey Kong one. Definitely not. And so he's like, all right, Min, you have a king. Um, and you're category is was it social i don't remember what the category was civil rights okay it was civil rights um and she starts quoting martin luther king Mm -hmm. and um she quotes the part of his speech where he talks about living in a country where people are not judged by their skin and that their kids can grow up without Um, having their skin or their race like impede them from doing the things that they want to do because Mm -hmm. all men are created equal and it's so touching like ridiculously touching because mr feeney is just stunned and he's like i do applaud your teaching methods and it's so good well now we go to chubby's yeah 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 uh, we go to Chubby's. Uh, Corey is with Topanga now, and he's very excited. He's so excited to tell her that he had a great time with Lauren, but that taught him something. Right, and he's like, "I am. It's time for me to be really honest with you." And he he thinks this is gonna fix everything because honesty is the key. He truly believes that. He said, "What what happened was is I started talking to Lauren, and I really got to know her, and I had a great time. And what I was really afraid of was that." I, I, I liked this girl, and if I, I liked her, then I like you less. And that's not what that means at all. Like, I've realized that I, I like you more than I ever have, and that you are the, the one that I need to be with. Right. Like, I can have girls who like me. I can like them back, but I love you. And that's how it is. And he's, like, so excited, and he's holding her hands, and she's just, like, so upset. Well, he's he he's excited, and she goes, "I can't see you anymore, Corey." Yeah, and he's like, "Well, wait a second. Did you just hear everything I said?" And she goes, "Yeah." Um, what'd she say? She said, "Do you do you have any idea how many guys hit on me?" And he's like, "What does that have to do with anything?" And she's like, "I have never once had to date one of them or talk to one of them or whatever, just to know that I love you." Right. She's like, I've never had to test my feelings for you. I've known since I was a kid that we should be together. She's and like, I you... moved I moved away from my parents for you. Which is true. That is true. Um, But Corey goes and, and he's sitting next to her and, you know, she's explaining all of this to him. And he's like, 
he says, like, I'm sorry that this happened. And she's like, I forgive you for all of these things, but I cannot forgive you for not already knowing 100% that we should be together. And he jumps up and slams his hand on the table. And starts yelling. And he screams, you told me to, Topanga. Which is true. It is true. He shouldn't have yelled, though. It was that a little aggressive. That gave me a very strong heart palpitation. I, I bet do it not did. like it when guys yell. Yeah. I don't. Um, not because I don't think that you should all express your feelings, but I don't think anyone needs to express their feelings with yelling. Unless they go, like, into a room and scream by themselves because they just need a release. That's fine. But, like, using volume to try to get your point across is scary yeah but anyway she's like you told or he says you told me to do this and she's like yeah and you listened what does that <laughs> even mean uh, um so that's, you did the thing i told you to do fuck you <laughs> so that's where that part ends and now we go to the post credit scene and you can talk about it because it makes me cry well it's um it's all of the people from Eric, well, Mr. Feeney's class. It's Eric's class. He got them to this point. Uh, and, and they're pledging for their citizenship mm-hmm. um, in front of a judge. And I don't know. It's, it's what does she say? So back in the classroom, oh, this was a very right. important part. Back in the classroom, um, the two people in the class who do the speaking, which was men. And then I honestly cannot remember. Raj, I think. Was it Raj? Yeah. I just think of him as a nuclear physicist. That's mm-hmm. what I remember him as. Um, they explain Eric's teaching procedure with Mr. Feeney and how he told them that in the deck of cards, there's black cards, there's red cards, and all these different numbers, and there's different... There's kings, there's queens, there's sixes and sevens. Just like in that classroom and in America, and that without one of those cards, the deck wouldn't work. Right. So just like the deck of cards, without one of those key people, the country wouldn't work. The, everyone is important. Mm-hmm. Um, it so, was such a beautiful moment. It was so beautiful. But yeah, now we go to the postcard scene and um, they're all being sworn in. And is that what it's called? Yeah. I feel like it is. Yeah, I think so. Um. um and Eric is just like, Look at them. Like, I I had I had a hand in them being here. Like, this is why you teach, isn't it? And Mr. Feeney's just like, and just just knowing you could have a difference in someone's life. And what a huge difference! Like, Eric, who has struggled with figuring out who he is as a person, helped a whole classroom full of people realize the dreams of who they are. Mm -hmm. Like it's so profound and it is so beautiful. Right. Um, and and especially like after the week that we have had as a country Mm -hmm. watching this as the B plot was just like, I was crying over it. We are crying. You're crying now. I am like, (laughs) it's, it's so touching to hear these fallacies, <laughs> like the things, sorry, you're going to have to edit that down to listenable, and that. <laughs> but you're listening to these people believe these things about this country that are so untrue and it makes it hard. Um, but 
the idea behind it is so beautiful and I wish it was the truth so yeah. badly. So Yeah. I think too and and I think too seeing this kind of stuff in a lot of the media that we watched though also gave um it gave white kids in America um, reason to think that this is how things really were. Right. But it, because we didn't see the other side of it. Mm-hmm. What we saw was this stuff on TV where everything was just so beautiful and, and immigration was beautiful. Right. And, and I think those moments, and I've known people who have become citizens, mm-hmm. and those moments are beautiful. Right. It's the promises that this country gives that they cannot uphold. Yeah. That's hard. All right. We're turning this episode into Bummer Tanya. How did you feel about this episode? I am not sure. I loved the B plot so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the A plot was necessary, but I didn't enjoy it. Like, it was acted well and it was written fine. Like, the the fact that Lauren just knows where everything is is strange and a little disconcerting to mm-hmm. me. I think if that had not been a thing, if you had seen her, like, walk into Chubby's and she was just like, I called your house and they told me where to come. Like, something tying that together instead of her just showing up. How'd she get his phone number? I mean, people give their phone numbers to people. It wouldn't be strange that he was like, hey, I like talking to you. Let's call each other sometime. Mm. Maybe. Like, or, I mean, she can look it up in a phone book. She knows well, who true. his parents and, are because he's told a million stories about and them. And he did stay at their lodge. Like, so she yes. could look that up. Yes. Well, she could probably look his address up there, too. Yeah, but Chubby's? Maybe he wrote Chubby's as his emergency contact. But how would she know he was there? <laughs> he was like... Um, here's my first emergency contact. It's, uh, Sean Hunter. Here's my second emergency contact. It's Chubby's. The restaurant Chubby's. Yeah. If anything happens to me, call Chubby's. Yeah. So that was disconcerting. And I also think that they made her kind of an unrelatable character where before her, her character at the lodge was just a girl who liked a guy and hoped that there could be something when it goes from seeing someone for one night, like a random encounter with a person to I'm going to get on a bus after a random encounter with a person and Mm -hmm. one kiss. And I'm going to go and find this person in a city. Like they live in the city. Mm -hmm. I'm going to find them. And I'm going to find out whether this one night thing meant something. Like, if you have his address, write him another letter. Mm. Find out what his phone number is and call him. Like, don't do not do this thing that yeah. Lauren did. So that was like... And then it starts raining and she's just like, the thumbs wide open. But like in a very neurotic way. Um, so like, I, I like Lauren. I thought this was a weird shift in Mm -hmm. personality. Maybe this was her personality all along, but it didn't seem like that was what it was at the lodge. 
Like she wasn't randomly like, let's go throw ourselves into the snow in the middle of the night, like and make snow angels. She was just like, yeah, I'm going to stay here and watch the moon. Like, you want to stay with me? Mm-hmm. It's very different. But Topanga is not an honest person. And that bothers me that she's always made out to be like a virtuous and honest person when she is consistently playing mind games with Corey and with her friends. Like we've seen it through like all the seasons. She plays mind games with people and she did that now. And then her last words were, you're the one who did what I told you to do was so ridiculous, right? To an extent. So like... Those things bother me, and while I I will stand behind the fact that, like, Topanga's right, Corey lied. He has asked for forgiveness for the lying over and over and over again. Otherwise, he did nothing wrong. And he is being punished excruciatingly for actually not doing, not physically doing anything wrong. Well, he's being punished for being desired. Right. Not for desiring but for being desired. It, that's a really interesting thing, though, because just like I said how they flip things around in this show, women get punished for being desired all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, constantly. It's a constant thing of, like, who was that that you were talking to at the bar? Uh, a guy who happened to walk up next to me and asked me if I wanted a drink, and I said no, but I'm the one who's in trouble because I was right there. Let's be clear. That's not, it that's was not, not Alden. Yeah. N- that never happened with him. But like it's not a th- how I do. But it's a thing. Like right. girls are constantly punished. I mean, I worked retail for so long and if if someone thought for a second that another person was interested in me, it was like a well, what would so and so think if they knew you were talking to this person. And I'm just like, um, it's my job to talk to people all of the time. Right. So it is interesting to see it turned around. And I think it is important to see it. Well, I, I mean, I do want to say, and this isn't like a, you guys have it tough too. I do want to say that I think it's just a people thing. I, I, I agree. I, I think it's a people thing where in relationships, 90% of the time, you, people end up having to deal with this guy, girl, whatever. The only difference is, and the major difference and the real difference is um, women have to worry about physical violence and retaliation or, or whatever mm-hmm. over, over this. Yeah. Dumb no, shit. it's, it's literally physical punishment and making right. you feel like you did something wrong. I am not a person who, who has ever felt that way about any guy in that situation. Mm-hmm. So maybe it is a common occurrence. But like, I have never felt that way. I've never been like, Alden, who's that girl you were talking to? Like, it, would, it wouldn't even cross my mind, honestly, ever. So because of that, I think about the girl side because I've watched so many people get hurt mm-hmm. over things like that. Yeah, no, I agree. So... I don't know, but it is like it's interesting seeing it highlighted as the opposite experience. Mm-hmm. But I mean, otherwise, the B plot was just so beautiful. And that's how I felt about this episode. How did you feel about this episode? Um, I, I don't know. I was gonna say I liked it, 
And then as I started to say that, I was like, did I? Like, I did like it. Mm -hmm. And I do like seeing Lauren again. And overall, I still like her. It's weird that she just showed up everywhere she where where Corey was. Um, it's weird that she took a bus four hours to meet him mm-hmm. or to see him mm-hmm. without him even knowing. It wasn't like a, hey, maybe one day I'll come down and see you. It was just like a, boom, here I am in Chubby's, the place where you go. And it just so happens to be when you're meeting your girlfriend here. Right. And I don't know. I've, I've, I've dealt with people like that too i've dealt with girls who they just show up somewhere that you don't expect them to and then they act like it's your fault if you don't want them there so i've watched you experience this yeah and it is bizarre yeah like it's actually bizarre and even even since we have been together Knowing that girls are like, why aren't you paying attention to me is so weird to me. Like, who even are you? Yeah. Um, But the other thing I will say that kind of put a damper on the Lauren perspective was the fact that she would not listen to him no matter what he said. Right. Like, it was a no-means-no situation, and she was just like, well, I'm just staying right here. Mm-hmm. He said, please leave. And she's just like, but I need to tell you this. Like, it was, she didn't like him, well, she obviously. Says, like, and I took I took a bus for four hours for this. He didn't ask her to. Right. He didn't say, hey, come visit. Hey, can you take a bus here? Right. Uh, in in that sense, it would be bad. Like if he was like, "Hey, Lauren, can you come here? Can you get a bus ticket and come see me?" Yeah, we need to talk this over. We need to figure out what this was. And then she did, and he was like, "No, I need to work things out with Topanga. What are you doing here?" Right. All right. Now you you're wrong, Corey. But that's not what happened at all. Right. Um. So, I don't know. I'm I'm definitely. Um, it definitely. Uh, taints the way I see this episode because I like Linda Cardellini so much. Mm -hmm. And now, like, talking about it, I'm like, oh, she's bad. She's not a good person. Right. Uh, But Topanga's not better. No. Um, Topanga is manipulative. I do understand her wanting to say, it's your choice. But, like, you can say, it's your choice, but also no. That if you choose one thing or the other, it's going to mean we can't be together. Yes. And she she gave him an ultimatum based on him spending time with Lauren. She said, I can't be with someone who doesn't 100% know that I'm the right person for them. So I need you to go and hang out with her. That's true. And then she left. And then she said... You didn't have to do that. And he's like, um, you told me to. And she's like, well, you chose to. Like, he was just doing what he was told. That's true. Now you're arguing with me, though. I'm uncomfortable. It's a debate. Um, I, I, What I'm saying is, like, it's okay to say, look, you know, if you came home to me and you were like, I don't know, there's this guy at the movies that I want to go hang out with. <laughs> and I was like, in COVID? <laughs> um. But, and I said, it's up to you. Mm -hmm. What you want to do is up to you. I'm not going to tell you what to do. 
And then you said, cool, I'm going to the movie with this guy. I might at that point, I mean, movie is such an innocuous thing. I wouldn't care if you went to the movie. What even is that? I don't know. But basically, if I was like, you could cheat on me if you want, and then you did, I could be like, yeah, I didn't want you to do that. Right. But it's your choice. But now we are broken up. Like if you're saying like, I want you to do the thing that you want to do. Right. That's way different than being like, I need you to That's do true. this in order to make sure. Like, she gave him the guidelines, he followed them, and then she was like, screw you, you did the thing I said. Yeah. Uh, it all sucked. That that whole thing sucked. Um, well, all this spoke to was that Corey needs to be alone. Agreed. But I also think it's it's super realistic. Like, teenagers make things so dramatic. Like... And they do play games and there are times where you think you're doing everything right and then you find out that like you made one mistake and it was detrimental to everything and you don't understand. Like that is part of the learning and growing into adulthood. So it's not unrealistic. The unrealistic part is the girl taking a bus four hours and knowing everywhere that Corey is. And I overall, I think Topanga did have a point where it's like, um, in a sense, when she's talking about how she has never had to question their relationship just because she's been hit on her because there was a guy that liked her. Um, so I, in that situation, I can see why it would be concerning because the first time a girl is hitting on Corey, and it's not the first time, but right. the first time they're acting like Corey's ever been hit on, um, he doesn't know what to do and he needs... A, like. This whole, I guess he didn't even need the date. She made him go on the date. I'm so, done with this debate. I'm going to finish the debate because even that. But I'm done it with it. It is not Corey's fault that Topanga turns down people who hit on her. That's Topanga's choice. Mm-hmm. Like, she decided at a very young age in elementary school that Corey was the only boy for her. That's not exactly fair to Corey mm-hmm. to say... I love you more than you love me because I decided when I was six years old that we were going to get married one day. That's just as bad as Lauren riding four hours in a bus. Yeah. It's this weird obsessive behavior that it's like you didn't know that when you were six years old. You are just projecting these things onto this poor teenage boy. So Topanga saying like, I'm better at this than you and I deserve the same respect that I'm giving you is not fair when she's the one who told him to go and be with Lauren for a date or whatever. And then she's just like, but I, in all my virtue and honesty that doesn't exist, I get hit on and I don't even question it for a second. Right. Like, it's not fair. Yeah. I don't know. You continue the debate. I was done with it eight minutes ago. Well, I forgot about that point. I was thinking about it while we were watching it. Um, I don't know. So I want to know how everybody else feels. And I, I enjoyed the Eric stuff. Yeah. Um, like you said, it started a little rough and it was immediately a concern for me because I didn't remember this B-plot at all. Um, so when it started, I was just like, oh, God. And then it carried on and it was such a good ending mm-hmm. to it. Um. But I like the episode. I enjoy watching it, but talking about it sucks. Yeah, it was entertaining to watch. Yeah. It's hard. Like, I th- I think it was John Asby in our group 
said something in one of the threads about, I think it was the last episode, um, because I was being really hard on someone. Corey, and, I think. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I was being really hard on Corey because of the fact that I f- always feel like he has that, like, high and mighty, like, oh, Sean, be like me, blah, 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 blah. And John said, like, hey, we don't have the luxury of not dissecting this show. Like, we ever, uh, we don't, we are just watching a TV show and listening to a podcast, but the hosts of this podcast have to actually dissect it. And, well, like, yeah. And, and it's, that's so apt this week because I very literally, at the beginning of this podcast, not even the beginning of the, the Boy Meets World episode, because I watched the whole Boy Meets World episode. I was thoroughly entertained. I had a good time. I started our podcast. I I was ready to talk about it. I got partially through the episode, and I was like, oh, this episode was different than I thought. Mm -hmm. Even, like, watching it. Now Mm -hmm. that I'm talking about it, Lauren's not a, like, that's a bad situation to be in Mm -hmm. as any person. Right. Like, like you said, you've seen me in those situations. Mm -hmm. And again, like women have it a thousand times worse. I'm not complaining. Um, But it is like this, this situation where you're completely out of control. Mm -hmm. Like you can't do anything. Mm -hmm. There's nothing you can do right. There's nothing you can do wrong. Like you're just kind of a a victim of circumstance at that point. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's what she did to him was not okay. Right. And this character that I love and that I've been defending preemptively for 101 of our podcast episodes, I'm now going, oh, actually, (laughs) she's not great. Right. I know for 101 hours I've been like, yeah, but wait till we get to Lauren. And now we got to her and 102 episodes in, I'm going... Uh, Lauren's bullshit. <laughs> it's true. It's weird. Yeah. That's all I'm saying is I'm having a weird existential moment and I... That's I what leads to that Boy Meets World? You know me. And you know that <laughs> anything can lead to an existential moment at any given time. It's true. So anyway, that's how I feel about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Um, wow, this is a long one. There is a lot to go over with this one. Well, and I literally, throughout the episode, was having a change of heart. Yes. And it was really weird. Yeah. I was, like, arguing with myself through the episode. I was was arguing with you, too. (laughs) Well, I meant, like, through the episode watching it, I was arguing with myself, because I would be like, aw, Lauren's so funny. And I'm like, what the hell is she doing right now? (laughs) Like, it was so weird to me. Mm-hmm. But you know what? People do weird things. No, That's realistic. It wasn't unrealistic at all. I mean, we just talked about how, yeah. like, it's not unrealistic in any way. Yeah. In fact, this could be one of the most realistic <laughs> A plots that there was. Yeah. Even down to the stalking. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Anyway, anything else you want to add into this conversation? Mm, no, I don't think so. Just, you know, watch Young Sheldon because it's a joy. It really is. I do recommend it. Please watch it. Tell us what you think. WandaVision's over, so you don't have anything else to watch. It's true. Uh, watch Young Sheldon. Like, it's such a good show. It is so good. I wonder, though, how we would feel about it if we did a podcast. 
I don't know. So the other night we were watching it. And so like HBO Max only has a certain amount of seasons. Mm -hmm. So we were like, well, we've watched all of the seasons. And I went into the bathroom. And when I came out, (laughs) Alden had started the fourth season. And I was like, how? And he was like, oh, I got I got the Paramount streaming app so that we could watch the next season up until what's out. So we start watching the fourth season. Well, and Tanya said, did you get the month free trial? And I said, no. I bought a year. I got a year. Of Paramount. Well, they were doing a special where you could get a year for $30 instead of $60. It's true. Finley's very excited to have all the SpongeBob, so it. It's going to be sort of worth it. Um, but we're watching the first episode of that season and I start crying and Alden goes, I just got goosebumps. Class. I have Class. I have never heard Alden say that he got goosebumps over a television show before, but young Sheldon did it. That's not true. I get goosebumps. I have never heard you say that before. Maybe I don't say it. Hmm. Well, you said at that time. Anyway, you guys can find us on Facebook. <laughs> Just type in Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World into the search bar and Alden will approve you. Or you can find us on Twitter. At BMGMBMW. Or you can send an electronic mail to us. At BMGMBMW at gmail.com. Um, but other than that, go have fun. Have a good week. Um, we love you guys. Take care of people and take care of yourself. Definitely definitely take care of people yes the Um, world needs people to take care of people right now and stand up for people anyway thank you for joining us this has been boy meets girl meets boy meets world season 5 episode 16 do good class dismissed